0: If you're receiving this transmission, this is Black Spire Broadcast. Alright everybody, welcome to Black Spire Broadcast. I am your host, David. We have a fun one today. We have somebody that I've been very intrigued with talking to for quite some time. Um, you're probably familiar with him from Star Wars Celebration. If you were somebody like me who couldn't make it all the way across the pond to London but saw them on TV, it's a journalist. I'm um, a director and overall just a cool guy that loves Star Wars as much as you and I do. So please welcome Mr. Jamie Stanroom. Hey, David. Hey, buddy. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to be here. Thank you. No, it's an honor. It's an honor to be here. Uh, I know this is difficult because you're five hours in the future, but uh, th- thanks again. Appreciate it seriously.
1: Yeah, yeah. We have five hours between us. I'm um, in the future. I can tell you. It's, yes. It ain't. It ain't much better.
0: Uh, uh, that's unfortunate, but that's okay. Well, I'll, I'll catch up. I'll catch up. <laughs> no, man. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure everybody wants to wants to hear about celebration, and, and I haven't. I didn't get to go, and I've honestly never been to one, so that's a big reason why I wanted to have a conversation with somebody who uh, got to MC um, a celebration. And and first, is it is it your first one MCing or now?
1: It was my third celebration overall, all in London. Um, I might be wrong here, but the first one I believe was 2007. And I was there as a as a fan. I went with my big bro, who was the guy that got me into Star Wars originally with me uh, with his hand me down toys um, and also a mate from uh, college. And we just went as fans and I've got, you know, I've got all the classic photos of us posing with the cosplayers, etc. And yeah, I had a great time and back then they weren't streaming it. So it was even though it was actually the same venue in London, the XL, which is one of the big convention centers of the city. I guess it was a smaller deal in terms of the production around it. Cause again, I don't think they were, I know they weren't streaming uh, then. And then in um, 20, I might be wrong with the date again, but 2016, I think. Is that the Rogue One um, celebration year? That was in London. I believe so. And yeah, I, yeah. Okay, 2016. So then I returned to celebration and I was part of the broadcasting team then, the streaming team then. And it was very different to what I did this year. Then I was uh, like roving reporter just for one day. So I uh, mm-hmm. came in, did a couple of field reports around the the, uh, the floor. And then um, left again. So, even though it was an amazing experience and it was great to be part of it, it was so different to what I just did because this time I was there every single day, a rehearsal day before, you know, I was really part of the team. So, it was a very different experience. But, is, no, a long answer to your so question awesome. um, my third celebration, twice uh, being part of the team. The wow. And team. now, how did that go about? How
0: did you get into and even have a chance to be a part of something like that?
1: We were talking about this um, with the team and those who I know from 2016 who are still there. None of us can quite remember how it happened, to be honest, how I got involved. Uh, I'm pretty sure Andy Gutierrez played a, a big role in it. And I know Scott Bromley did as well, who is um, still part of the production team. Andy, uh, Andy was not there this time, uh, but I'm sure he'll be back in, in the future. Um, I know they both played a, uh, a role in it, but none of us can quite remember how exactly it happened. But as you mentioned at the beginning, my background is in um, journalism, radio. Um, so I've been doing this kind of thing, hosting, interviewing people for a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that, that element that would have played a role, but also at the same time, I have a YouTube channel that I run totally independent of any of my work, uh, which is, Star Wars focused, uh, where I was also interviewing, um still am occasionally interviewing people connected with Star Wars and doing some, uh, I don't know, some silly stuff as well um, on the channel. So that probably also played a part as well. It's like, okay, one. I'm apparently a professional um, <laughs> you know, host and stuff. And second, I can prove I'm a genuine Star Wars fan because look what I'm doing on my own. But how mm-hmm. it exactly happened, um, we none of us can quite remember. <laughs> but um, 2023 happened because of 2016.
0: Sure, sure. No, that's awesome. That is so cool. And uh, honestly, I mean, I'm not a professional um, interviewer by any means. I just, you know, this is a fun hobby. But uh, I couldn't imagine standing up there and, and as a fan, getting to, getting to meet these various actors and stand next to them and interview them, that, that's got to be insane.
1: Yeah, no, it was an incredible. It's, it's weird because um, on paper, I've done far bigger events, I mm-hmm. guess, like Olympics, uh, music festivals like Glastonbury. and But at the same time, this felt like the biggest event I'd ever done. Uh, and like I said, such a different experience to 2016 and i think that's because of being a star wars fan right mm-hmm. um this is your glastonbury you know which is what you aspire right. to do if you're a musician this is your wembley stadium if you're a footballer mm-hmm. a soccer player this is where you want to play so yeah in a way it did feel like the biggest thing i've done in my uh career in inverted commas um but yeah it was a strange experience in a way because it even though it's everything i did there being in front of an audience, interviewing people from all walks of life, uh, whether they're famous or not. It's all stuff I've done so many times and I'm well past the point of getting bad nervous about. I still have, like, I think you, I believe you personally should have some element of nerves because it means the, you it, care. It, yeah, it means you care. It helps the adrenaline kick in, it keeps you on your toes, you don't get complacent. But I've got past the way, way past, years ago, maybe even a decade ago, the phase of bad nerves, you know, which could potentially hold me back. However, mm. some of that actually came back uh, for this this event. And I think, yeah, just in my head, the scale is bigger than the Olympics, bigger than wow. Glastonbury because it's it's Star Wars. And this time I was going to be on the stage and actually the stage, you know, I was the only one on the stage who hadn't done the stage before. and yeah i've done live audiences before but nothing like this you know it was just the atmosphere was uh, incredible and i have to admit i was a bit daunted on the stage and i think if i do it if i get the chance to do it again you know i wouldn't have that i if i'm more relaxed on the stage this time but in terms of going around doing the interviews and stuff that was that was all fine you don't have time to think you just have to get on with Just it, it. You know, you're on a tight schedule and um, yeah, so an, in- an incredible experience. And yeah, I'm still even weeks after not quite able to put it into words that justify it. But yeah, like I said, for me, bigger than the Olympics, bigger than Glastonbury. And at the time I thought, well, this is as big as it gets, you know, and, and I was so wrong, cool. but it's the Star Wars fan element.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's what's that's what's funny. And, and- and how we connected is through social media. And I had just finished up; I think it was like the last day or the second to last day. And, and I'd and I'd watched all; I streamed all four days. Um, and I was like, I gotta get this, dude. I gotta I gotta figure out how to get a hold of this guy. Like, this be fun, you know. And 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 and, and thankfully, you, you were kind enough to to respond. And, and we got this; we got together. But um, man, what what a cool experience. Um, and, and and I can only imagine what the production is like. Like you said, you're on a busy schedule, and and what you know, you guys present as a whole what you want for us as fans to see. But I can only imagine. Imagine the, uh, the the gears and whatnot that goes on behind the scenes.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're just a small, all of us in the hosting team, are just a small cog, you know, mm-hmm. in this, this massive machine. And a machine that's been planned and oiled as best as it can be for months and months and months and months in advance. You know, I, I think I was only kind of confirmed to be part of it in like, january or february maybe wow. so you know again we're quite far down the process you know i don't think they'll be they will not be planning for tokyo yet but give it six seven months and i'm sure the conversations right. will be starting you know about how we're going to stream it the production it's a huge production and again I've, I've been part of tv broadcasts and radio broadcasts at these big uh, global events that i mentioned um and this was on par in terms of being behind the scenes, seeing the number of people, seeing the the big the big trucks they have, you know, and all of the things, the buttons that look are very tempting to touch, but I know I probably shouldn't <laughs> and the cables and like, yeah, it's, it's huge production. And, and also it makes me, I'm not being paid by Lucasfilm right now. I was paid by Lucasfilm for like five days, including the rehearsals. Okay. Um, I can say what I want, you know, uh, the next celebration's in two years. Um, I don't know if they'll ask me because it's in, it's not in the UK. Uh, I'm the UK guy. Um, So, you know, I'm, I will say what I genuinely believe. And when I see all of these, I I believe this before, but it's 110%, you know, confirmed in my mind. When I see all of these headlines on, you know, angry YouTube videos, the thumbnails and what have you about how Lucasfilm hates the fans and all that. It's just, Wrong. They are the fans. Like everybody you work with there um, are bigger Star Wars fans than me. And I consider myself a big fan, you know. And it's really helpful because when you're going around, going to do interviews really quickly and you need a pronunciation of a character that you're not sure on or a name of a character in the first place that you're not sure on, you know, somebody with you will know. They are genuine fans and they're not going to work. I didn't think I was going into work either. You know, they're, They're doing what they love. They're working with Star Wars. They're doing it all the time, you know. And yeah, so the love that you see, uh, feel from uh, the staff is amazing. But also the fact that they do this in the first place and they do it so big and so well. In in my opinion, they don't need to do that. What other franchises do that for their fans that can't make this event that's expensive in the first place, even if you're in the UK, but certainly even more expensive if you're not from the UK and you have to travel in. You know, they don't have to do this. And I hope they continue doing it because it's so unique and and special and seeing, um, you know, I'm not that active on social media, but I've got tagged in a lot of stuff and seeing how people appreciated it all around the world. The fact that it was streamed, you know. That's your answer. Do they care about the fans? That's your answer.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, and it is clear, you know, obviously, the celebration it dates before the, the Disney merger, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's where a lot of people get angry is with the Disney merger. But um, they clearly <laughs> support this. They send big wigs, people participate. I mean, just people like Doug Chang, you know, obviously, I was, uh, you got to interview him at the cool Mandalorian Volkswagen. Um, car thing. I thought that was so cool, but um, these people care, clearly, you know, they're they're memories for for everybody, and I think that Lucasfilm nowadays and working there, you kind of have to be a fan. Why else did you apply there in the first place, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. And then they genuinely are. I can can tell you that. I I am a fan. I consider myself a big fan, but I'm out of my depth, you know, uh, (laughs) in uh, knowledge conversations with with those guys. Um, Yeah, no, so, you know, it's just really nice knowing that everybody cares so much and, and the thing is with a live event and a production that size things are going to go wrong mm-hmm. um they're always going to go wrong so there's only so much preparation you can do but going back to the original point as being part of the hosting team was such a small part of the overall operation of course you know we're we're seen you know um with the voices and the faces but there's so much that goes on and yeah these conversations i'm sure for tokyo in the next six months ish will will start the process will start in terms of the planning you know and it's probably more planning for them because it's been a lot longer since they were last in japan for a celebration so they've probably reach out to you oh wait, right so in 2016 i imagine some of the local crews and logistic providers they worked with in the uk probably were the same ones i'm not sure but with japan they might be reaching out to brand new because they have to use some local crew uh, of you course. Know, obviously
0: right and one concern that i have and, and and obviously they didn't stream it back in 08 but from other people i've talked to that that were there they said that one issue was the um, lag time in translation um and with streaming i think that could be an issue you might you might be losing the largest chunk of your audience which are english speaking people right so it'll be interesting to see um how that all plays out
1: i think i mean yes it didn't stream in 20 in 2008 uh-huh, um, uh-huh. but i don't think really. they'll they won't do it in they i mean they'll, they'll do it in english they'll do cuz at the I end of the day so. it's it, yeah, no, I'm, I don't know, but I would be very surprised <laughs> if they were doing Heard it, it here. In Jamie said it's the be local tongue. tongue. <laughs> it's going to be, man. It's going to be because be. you have to remember as well this uh, all of nine, I'm sure most of the guests will be native English speakers anyway, um, in terms of the actors. Mm-hmm. Also, the point of the stream, even though the, the live stage is amazing. And I know a lot of people who were at the event, some of the best times they had of their celebration experience were at the live stage. So even though it's an integral part of being there in person in terms of a lot of people's experience and takeaway from celebration, at the end of the day, it's there for the people that are not there. So again, right. the right. majority are native English speakers or speak English. So I, I, would, I, I am 99.9% sure it will be in English. If it's not, I won't be there. I, I'm definitely not getting a job. I have worked in Japan before, but I, I learned like two words. So it's not going to be enough. Uh, you'll be the greeter. Hello and goodbye. I, I did work in Japan and did not get deported though. So that's something good for my resume plus. of why I should be in Tokyo
0: for celebration. Nah, I kicked yeah. out. I like it. I like I it. Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious. Uh, some, some folks that were there in 08, you know, the, the entire convention was primarily in Japanese and then they had Mark Hamill on the stage and they, he, was, they, he was telling jokes and they had to have the translator relay the jokes to the primarily Japanese audience. There'd be like a one to two minute lag time and then like mm-hmm. the three English speaking po- people that were there laughed at it and I guess it's culturally acceptable to be quiet in front of these people so, th- so I guess these types of conventions are very quiet. Uh,
1: yeah that's, that, that's interesting actually I suppose there's a chance then that the main panels could be translated yeah um could be in english and japanese but i think in terms of the live stage for live stream i think that's almost guaranteed to be in english because again it's for you know Uh, the rest of the world right right um but you're that's a good that's a good point uh, about the actual celebration only panels which are generally behind closed doors Mm -hmm. especially with the big trailer reveals and stuff yeah, they could be in both, both languages. Um, I mean, when I was in, um, I did the Tokyo 2020 Olympics and, uh, I was one of the announcers. Um, so I would do my bit in English. Then the Japanese translator followed. Um, so you had it that way, uh, and, and it's fine. You know, there's obviously, a f- uh, it can get awkward in terms of flow sometimes. Cause they don't know if you finish. You don't know if they finish, you know, if you can pick up again, um, but. Yeah, so maybe actually, maybe I I have no idea, but that could be the way it is for the actual balloted um, panels. But sure, I, for sure. the live the live stream, I would be very surprised. I can't imagine. Yeah, because
0: you know, and I was I was looking at numbers, as I was curious. I live in Orlando, Florida, and we were hoping it was coming back here, uh, and I wanted to bring my kids, you know, for the first time. But apparently, they're gonna have to wait till we're like 20 years from now. That's right, because it's going to be taking you. <laughs> yeah, in a wheelchair, I'm sure. <laughs> But um, you know, something like like the Force Awakens box office in Japan was something like sixty million, as opposed to like three hundred and thirty million in the U.S. So it's 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 crazy. But um, you know, I get it. They they want to travel the world, so
1: yeah, and also uh, it, it won't just be a primarily Japanese audience. You will get um, you'll get Korean or mm-hmm. yeah. South. Exclusively South Korea. Uh, <laughs> like uh, there might be some defectors, you never know. Yeah, there might be some defectors, <laughs> the resistance. Um, you you know, you'll get some other uh, Far East, um, people from far- countries in the Far East traveling over, and there will be plenty from Europe and the States coming over. Because Japan, oh, yeah. obviously it's not cheap, but at least there's two years to save if, if you are thinking of doing it. And it depends on your life circumstances, of course, as well. Uh, timing and everything, there's a lot involved. but. There's two years to plan and Japan is one of those countries that seem to be on a lot of people's bucket list. So this might be the time to go because you're killing two birds with with one stone. Right, absolutely. And, you know, a conversation my wife and I had too is it,
0: it is a bucket list, and I think many, many people that just so happen to be Star Wars fans too, we're going to look at this as like here's that vacation of a lifetime opportunity, you know, and and that's really cool. And I won't be one of them, but um, you know, it's just so cool. I was just hoping it's coming back to my backyard. That would be nice.
1: It will. It will. Hold on. keep Keep the, keep, keep the faith, faith. But no, I I, I think um there's obviously going to be some logistical um, differences to having it in the UK or the U S but they know that they know that and they've got two years to figure it out. And um, yeah, uh, you know, it could be, could be a, a tweaked show if you like uh, overall um, there could be some differences. Um, but I think, you know, there's going to be plenty of um, English speakers in the audience uh, for sure attending.
0: And it's grown, and it seems that every one of these things is bigger than the last, you know? So it, it, it seems like it'll probably be that way.
1: Yeah, and Tokyo, I mean, obviously, Japan is a country, and there'll be people coming from out of Tokyo to the event, but Tokyo is the only Japan I know. I've been there a few times, and it is... Um, is a very modern city, obviously, and quite a young... St- well, even know there's a, obviously a very... Um, Elderly population overall, Japan, I believe, but um, Tokyo for me felt like quite a young city, and the youngsters generally spoke English, particularly because of the Olympics. So when I first went there, it was like two or three years before the Olympics was happening, but they were gearing up for it, and the difference from the time before when I went was was crazy. You know, um, on the metro, all the signs were now in English as well, getting ready for the Olympics. Uh, wow. English lessons were being accelerated, you know, in colleges. You know, just generally, I think there was, you know, people were being encouraged to go and learn English. Maybe the government were giving free lessons or something. I don't know, but yeah, each time I've been, I've just seen a complete difference in terms of the locals and and the, the level of English. You know, basically, my level of struggling or not <laughs> has improved. <laughs> it's been less of a struggle each time I've been. So yeah, you know, um, there will be plenty of Japanese. Uh, in the audience, uh, attending, uh, who also speak, uh, probably better English than you and I.
0: That You're probably right about that. And it's sad that that's what they have to do or they, they choose to do in a place like Japan. They, just, just be J- Japanese, be yourself. You, you should not have to ramp up English training, you know, for, for us weirdos coming there, but
1: yeah. And, and it's also, I think as well on the floor, because a lot of what I was doing at this celebration, uh, was on the floor talking to the various stands or booths. Um, they're companies, you know, they're Hasbro, um, Funko, all these different companies and they're generally from the States and they'll all be coming over uh, with their staff. So I think in some ways it will have a very familiar feel yeah, as well. But at the same time, you want it to have that unique Japanese edge to it as well. You want right. to know you're in Japan, whether you're watching from home or you're actually there, you want to know you're in this event is in Japan. So I'm sure there'll be some... Yeah, some tweaks to make it feel, you know, where it like it like you are watching where it actually is, rather than right. just another copy and paste from London or mm-hmm. Anaheim or wherever.
0: I, I think that um, you know Visions will play heavily into kind of what they do there. You know, that's kind of their twist on the on the anime mm-hmm. genre. But I don't know. It'll 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 be primarily about the films. I bet because that's supposed to be right before uh, we have that 2025 slotted film that's supposed to come out. So I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I think um, on paper this will be a, I'm guessing a, a, a bigger celebration than the one we just had, and maybe even the one before. Um, yeah, because like you said, we've we've been starved of movies for so long. Uh, seriously, this, this will be the big, the big countdown.
0: I know, I know, I can't wait, I can't wait for that. But um, I do want to ask because I got, and I'm not sure if there are. Um, various interviews that you did that did not make the stream um, but uh, what, what was your favorite vendor to to get to interview and have conversation with?
1: Okay so first of all yeah there was definitely I, I haven't gone back and watched I don't know if I ever will to be honest uh, well, I have a weird thing about that but um, I know there would be some that did not make the cut because it's just normal we were recording on the first two days we were doing about 15 a day and okay. on That's day a three we did less but still maybe about 10 and then we didn't do any on day 4 because you're doing these a day in advance and of course there wasn't another day afterwards for them to go out on um so there would definitely have been plenty that didn't go out um and how it worked was uh, again this will this would have been months in 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 the making as well uh so Kyle was uh who is Lucasfilm staff he was the main guy, the the main producer for the field reports and he was going out with me and or whether it was uh, Kristen or whoever was doing the field reports, uh, predominantly me. Um, And he had been the point of contact in advance for all of the vendors, for all of the stands. So he would have been emailing them, I'm assuming months in advance, saying, we're going to be there, we're doing the show, do you want to talk to us? If so, which day is best, which time? And yeah, uh, so when I got there, there was a full schedule each day and um, we had slots at each one and yeah, it was pretty back to back. So once we went out, didn't really know what was going on, to be honest, at the event. So I remember at the end of day one, when I got back to the hotel room, I was like, so what actually happened at this event that I've been at all day? <laughs> and I had to Google to see what the announcements were because we were just out on the oh, floor. And it's such a big thing. There's so much going on. It's not just about the panels. There's so much going on. Um, So, it's quite easy to get lost, I guess. Whichever way you're visiting, in your version of celebration, what you're there to do, who you're there to see, it's quite easy to get lost in your version of it because it's so big. There's so much to do, which is why a lot of people do more than one day. Um, So yeah, it was it was real, like you know, back to back. Um, We we managed it. We didn't. We were not. We were never late. Um, we got everything done that we were supposed to do on paper, but absolutely some would not have made the cut. What was my favourite to do? Um, I, I need to s- still decompress, to be honest. But because um, I also t- I should tell you about. I need to tell you, but I will tell you. Um, I was as jet lagged it. as everybody on that team because I did not get a training from another part of London or something. I flew in from Mexico City where i'd been for six months so i was just as jet lagged as everybody else coming from la or san francisco and sleep deprived therefore um so it was all such a blur to be honest i'm not decompressed and part of me does want to go and watch back just to see what actually happened remind myself but i am gonna say um that the one i'm at least the most proud of was i think rhino shield who do phone cases okay, covers okay. and the reason is cuz when i saw that on paper i was like all right rhino shield what did they do cuz also by the way i i am given this this schedule i don't obviously i know hasbro and i know funko a lot of these vendors i don't know who they are and even if you do know who they are you don't know what the focus is because they might, there might be a celebration exclusive. There might be a reveal at celebration. You know, you're not turning up there for a general chat. There's something that they want to push. Right? Right. So I don't know what we're focusing on. I'm turning up there. We're having a quick chat before we record about, okay, so what are you guys doing here specifically at celebration? You know, what, what do you want to focus on? Kyle can plan the shots. Um, cause we're recording them as live. you know, um, which is how they come off. Yeah, and it's, well, they really were. Obviously, it's interesting it's, you said they're pre-recorded because oh, it felt very live. We're doing it as live. So uh, there's B-roll, of course, um, which is added on. There were a team of editors there as well who were turning them around really quickly. So there is some editing involved, but in terms of what I'm doing to camera, uh, unless there was anything that had to be cut and I can't think of anything, um, they were live. They were as live, if you like. Um, so, yeah, you're just turning up and doing it, really. There's very little preparation that can be done and you're meeting these people for the first time um but yeah rhino shield i looked at it and i was like oh, phone covers how am i going to fill three minutes on phone covers <laughs> <laughs> and uh it ended up being fine but why uh, and and the guest uh, from rhino shield was great and that's always very helpful as well but why i'm proud of it was because the next day we were on the floor me kyle um emily Colin, um the team And uh, we were, I can't remember who I was next to at the time, but somebody tapped me on the shoulder and looked round and they were like, hey, um, I saw your uh, video yesterday about the phone covers. Where can I get them from? And we were like, it works. You did it. Genius marketing. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Yeah, we're not even on commission. Damn. <laughs> you so, yeah, uh, and, and Kyle, uh, I remember Kyle, because I was like, I don't know, because like, you know, I'm just going around booths. I'm not sure where it was. There's different halls and stuff. Kyle knew exactly where it was. He was like, yeah, yeah, go, go into a hall, whatever, turn left, turn right. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll see it there. So, yeah, we sold a phone cover, baby. So, um, yeah, was, yeah, that was maybe the one I'm most proud of. I don't know if I sold a pair of socks, but I hope I did. It's, it's, i don't know if the
0: Sox made the um i'm told the stream. that they did did I'm it told that they did. well yeah. geez i'm Sox sorry i forgot about it
1: you, you missed out there you missed out bathroom there break. it's <laughs> a bathroom break i'm sorry my friend i'm sorry <laughs> I, <laughs> had I do vividly... the socks made the cup.
0: that's awesome i vividly recall the doug chang um i remember you talking to, to ashley eckstein I mean there's a whole bunch of it i mean the, i don't remember if you did the the what are they called? I don't collect them. Obviously I collect, but the, the micro vehicles, I don't think you did those, the micro fleet or whatever. I don't remember if you did that one, but
1: I don't remember if I did that somebody one, Somebody So There was a lot.
0: Obviously there's a ton of product reveals and, and marketing and a lot. And it's crazy to know what you guys film it in advance because there was a few times in the production where you could tell that something may not have happened the way they wanted it to, and there was maybe uh, a couple of seconds, and then obviously they probably chose one of these various clips of you guys and and, and threw it up there to to fill that time, but that happened very minimally.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, a lot of the ones, you know, we we mentioned that surely a whole bunch did not go out, uh, but there's every chance they could have gone out. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of them, they're always going to record more than they probably need because you never know what's going to go wrong. What if a guest doesn't show up? Right, um, right. you're you're gonna have to while you're solving that problem, you know, uh, play some tapes, basically. So and, a lot of it, and is, that worked is,
0: out well. Obviously, you you haven't seen the stream, but um, I mean, they they I liked the cool. Um, you know the logo that I, that I pulled up earlier, and they had a green screen behind it, and they'd have like Grogu or or, or Dinjarin flying by, something like that. And it was it was a cool little, almost felt like a commercial break the way they structured you guys. It really felt like a really cool tr- uh, commercial break.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, every the, the way we treated it was like it's like it's live. So in my head, I'm live. You know, welcome back to the floor. Uh, I'm with whoever from wherever, and. Matt Martin from the Lucasfilm story group would often be with us on on our on our recording sessions and he would uh he was great when I needed some extra Star Wars knowledge because that's part of his job that's what they do um but also he was very useful because he would often hold out his the stopwatch on his phone to me uh, and we would know in a well Kyle would say in advance we want this to be three minutes we want this to be two minutes because the thing is as well and, and and you'll notice from making your content editing's really tough <sighs> oh, I <know. laughs> and I would have been I, I would have been a worse I would have been worse certainly for the editors from an editor's point of view in 2016 doing these field reports than 2020 I'm not saying I'm good at them, but what I'm saying is that in 2016 I was mostly doing radio stuff. And it's a very different editing process and I was still learning things. Um, And I always created editing nightmares for myself by over recording and making things needlessly complicated. But since 2016 I kind of started upping my game in terms of my own video editing. Mm-hmm. And started to respect my time more uh, and thinking of ways of how I can make the editing process easier. And when I sort of looked, you know, looked at what I was doing, a lot of it was just things that I was actually personally doing during an interview just did not need to be done, could be done in a different way that saves so much time. And that was me thinking with an editor's hat on, you know, right. not doing wanting editing. to yeah exactly so now when i'm doing these um stuff myself or or certainly for something like celebration where there is a team of editors who are hard pressed you know they're constantly getting all this footage coming in they've got to turn them around really quickly in quite you know alive stressful environment um yeah try and make their lives as easy easy as possible for them so i had one, an interviewer's hat on. How can I make phone covers interesting for three minutes? Yes. And two, uh, how can I make this as easy for the editor as possible? And that is, you know, for remember, you're not the guest. You're not the subject. You're not the star. Focus on the guest. Focus on the subject. <laughs> Obviously, try and make it fun as possible. And depending on how uh, comfortable the guest is on camera, you may have to be more involved in some... Like uh, guiding, you know, numbers. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. But it's really just... Yeah, just get this done. Don't don't record six minutes when you could just easily record free and have a far better editing process, but also end result.
0: And that's one cool aspect about And as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about our conversation right now. You know, I, I very rarely do I speak to people who have a background in this. And this is the first time I'm speaking to somebody who probably has exceeded the background that I have in it. So it's, it's very easy. There's a natural flow. You know, you've reminded me that my my purpose here as as a host is i'm merely the guide to this show it's all about you mm. it's all about what you want to talk about all i got to do is prompt you a little bit and and it's and it's a cool reminder
1: yeah yeah like i remember when i first started doing interviews i was putting a lot of pressure on myself i was doing it for um bbc radio and i was putting a lot of pre- it was you know a good a good platform but i was also it's putting a, a lot one. of extra yeah a lot of extra pressure on myself though and i was because of radio especially back then before it's really started to get visualized. Um, Unless you're a big star in BBC, like Graham Norton or someone you're with radio. There's not much money and you're doing everything yourself. You're editing yourself, even at the BBC uh, and in the pre-production yourself. So I was booking these guests, mostly musicians, and um, I was scripting the interviews word. I was doing my due diligence in terms of research, but I was scripting the interviews word for word and it took me a while to stop doing that and the interviews were far better for it. And you give yourself room to breathe and you allow the interview to have space to breathe as well. And now I just put bullet points down, which has a structure, but also allows you the room to go off on tangents. If interesting, relevant tangents arrive. And one of the hardest things about interviewing is listening to the guest because especially if you've got a script in front of you because you're looking down constantly thinking about the next question and not really especially when you're a guy we're guys you know it's hard to do two things at once uh not really listening to what the guest is saying in the moment and you might miss a nugget the golden nugget
0: dude you're so right and it could be that one topic that and you can you can't think about just the two of us in this conversation i think about the audience you know what do they want to hear Mm. and it's like Mm. if you skip that nugget you're that aforementioned nugget. And that's the
1: one thing that they were hoping to hear about, you know. It's yeah, big. and it will haunt you forever because now, now we have-, have comments and we have social media. Yeah, so people, people have an it will, opinion. It will get back to you. It will get back to you. And yeah, and at the same time though, you can't beat yourself up too much because you can't ask everything and you will miss things as well. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's it's about being a guide as well to having some sort of structure there on paper, skeleton of it. Um, so you know where you're going, you know the key points you want out of it, but don't be afraid to go off you know go the scenic route occasionally to get to where you want to be right. uh but at the same time, you need to get to that There's end point point, and it, it might be all, up right? to you yeah. to to nudge them back into that direction and to take control if if they're yeah, going yeah. on too much, which is might be something i'm doing right now <laughs> no <laughs> going my friend, on too much. and that's where
0: I was going to go with with the next point is um I started doing this very much the same way with, with how you're talking about. I started scripted, very scripted. And then I went to bullet points and then I really, really realized I, I'm doing this for the fun, passion and love of star Wars. And now I just hit record and wing it. Um, I know I reach out to my guests, obviously, and much as you did musicians, and it's probably because you have some interest in them, right? Just just as I do you. So I already knew a little bit about you. I went through brushed up just a bit on it and um, I, I just each Bring that up and let it flow, and that's—I I just wing it. And 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 to this point, nobody's said that that's terrible, but I've never talked about that that methodology before. People probably think this is very structured, and it's not.
1: <laughs> yeah, though. no, and and you sound very uh, natural and at, and at ease as well. You know, so yeah, you sound but you like get a... those
0: butterflies you're talking about. I have that natural nervous thing that, that you were talking about before, but it, but it's because you care, right? You mm. ca- you yeah, you've got to
1: embrace that. There are, like I was saying before, there are bad nerves that can some time stop you from doing something but there's good nerves and there those butterflies that you mentioned you know so you've got to embrace those uh those butterflies yes. don't lose them don't no, let them fly away no. because mm-hmm. you know that's when you don't care that's when you get complacent
0: yeah and, and the production probably goes downhill you know yeah uh, no, absolutely. no doubt when you don't care it's probably the time to hang it up when you don't care but no I, I, as much as this com- this is why i like the natural flow of things and, and how i talked before Backstage, as StreamYard will call it. Um, you know, I like to do this organically. I like to get to know you here with the record, you know, as opposed to prior to. I want to know who you actually are. And this, see, this is, this is scripted. It would have been all celebration, all who's your favorite interview, all this. But then it turned into like, well, this is what hosting something's actually like for the for the audience that doesn't do this. And you probably don't because you're choosing to, to listen to mine or, or Jamie's, whatever he's producing. But um, yeah, this is how you do it, apparently. And there's obviously different methodology. So it's cool
1: yeah 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 and you know of course um different types of interviews require different approaches as well like you know i've i've interviewed people in the past that have had very long careers and often when you interview a big name guest they're usually promoting something the new movie the new album or something and that kind of dictates tates uh, the backbone of the interview unfortunately in some cases um but i've also been lucky to be in positions where i've just been able to do general career chats with people who have had big long varied careers so i'm going to do one name drop i'm going to say sir christopher Ooh. lee um and for that i spent days researching because you know this guy goes far beyond wow. being kaut dooku being in uh, a bond villain being in lord of the rings you know this guy was like fought in world war ii you know has this amazing background and someone like that you can't just turn up with a few bullet points you do need to do a few days research if he was just there and you've got 10 minutes to talk about his latest movie then you're going more into bullet point territory you might get a couple of questions that you want to ask but everything else is going to be kind of related to what they're promoting um so yeah so there's, there's different approaches for different interviews i think but generally, especially with the internet and that and a kind of podcast vibe, just yeah, going with the flow like you do is, I think, the best. The best. It way
0: does, to. you know. And and I'm gonna get back to that Sir Christopher Lee thing in just a moment because I had no idea. You've already led me to my next point, which is gonna be who are some of the we'll stick to Star Wars, the the the, the bigger name people you've interviewed. But um, man, I I. I have not had a guest quite quite yet. Well, that's my goal. One day, if George. If George is out there and wants to talk, Mister Lucas, I'm just it's never going to happen. But you never know. You, never, you, know. you, you, you never know. Do that research. He won't even sign autographs anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, but you know, I mean, he's probably the kind of guy that'd be happier to talk about things rather than sign yeah, something I'm that might end up sure. on eBay. You know? Yeah, but, um, he hates that
0: stuff. That's for sure.
1: Yeah but anywho
0: yeah i had no idea you interviewed sir christopher lee that is amazing and that had to be a while ago because he um obviously he's not with us anymore but
1: yeah i think it was around 2012 i did an interview him in person i met him twice in person actually and then also one on the phone old school Mm. um all for radio um he was actually yeah there to talk career in general but now I do remember he also did have something to kind of casually promote. Uh, he he'd recorded the vocals for a heavy metal album. Um, <laughs> so again, this guy's done everything, this guy has done or had done everything. Uh, and yeah, it was quite uh, quite an experience. Um, spending time with him because he was in his 90s, then you know, um, know. and that obviously brings extra complications, but also you just feel like you're. I don't know, like, you obviously should respect anybody, and, and I don't treat people differently. You know, if I'm interviewing um, somebody talking about socks, or if I'm interviewing Christopher Lee, I will treat them exactly the same as, as, you, as a human being. But at the same time, with Christopher Lee, there's this extra sort of like, I'm around the headmaster. I'm around the kind of grumpy granddad. You know, he had this kind of like, he, there was a way of having to work him because he was quite stern, but in a funny way. And I'm sure he comes from a generation
0: prior to yours or mine. You know, it's just a different way of operating.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, with him, you kind of have to tweak your behavior. And, you know, if you're going to try and get some fun out of it as well, you've got to go around it a different way to how you would if you were interviewing Mark Hamill, who's, you know, quite up for it on camera. You know, he's always Mm -hmm. up for doing impressions and, you know, having, having fun with it.
0: And that's the level of mastery that, that, that I'm sure comes with practice in in these arts. You know, I'm, I'm a padawan, working on maybe being a knight, but uh, I would say you're probably a master of of of.
1: Them. I know, I don't think I'm a, a master, and and also like I, I, to prove I'm not a master. The celebration experience. I didn't. I did an interview. I did an interview on the stage um, with uh, Matthew Wood, uh, it who's it was lovely. That was the day it, four, right? Yeah. Yeah, day yep. four because I had no field reports to do because we'd, we'd finished them, um, and. I know it was fine. I know it was fine. But for me, it just felt weak. You know, it didn't feel like my normal interview style. And part of that was just because I hadn't built up enough time on the stage to feel really at ease. Um, So it shows that there are environments where I am still a Padawan. You know, I'm fine in a radio studio, I'm fine um knowing I've got thirty minutes and can build up to something and take my time. But when I know I've only got five minutes and I'm on this stage that I'm not quite used to and the chair's uncomfortable, looks cool, but it's uncomfortable. And you know, there's an audience and stuff, then I'm a little bit more like my mind's not completely focused on what it should be. Um and again, I know the result was fine, but in my head I'm like, could have been better could have been better and i didn't feel at ease so i i would not say i'm a master i think there's again there's different interview styles and there's different interview environments you know as well and you can you can definitely be equally as comfortable and master them all but they are so different and you've got to build up that experience in each environment and, you know
0: that is so fair but you got him saying roger roger so and that got a lot of people yelling in a positive way yeah my work there was done
1: with i watched that one live <laughs> so
0: yeah I, I vividly remember it but
1: yeah. And also you've got to think as well, that's a completely different vibe to you sit down what we're doing now, or if you're chatting mm-hmm. to Christopher Lee or whatever, it's a completely different vibe when, you know, that's more about having fun. It's in front of an audience, you know, they're not True. there for a TED talk, you know, um, right, they right. want to hear uh, a, a battle droid version of Miley Cyrus, uh, Exactly. They wanna, you know? Um, so yeah, you've got to, you've, you've got to think about the environment as well in terms of what that audience once. Out right. of this, That mm-hmm.
0: is such a fair point. That is such a fair point. And uh, it's funny, I'm, I'm talking out loud about the structure and strategy of, of running a show, but this is that part where I'm going to segment into the next part because I am conscious of time. Um, but who out of all of your, let's say Star Wars interviews, maybe may celebration, maybe interviews, maybe coincidentally interviewing somebody that had nothing to do with Star Wars, but they were in Star Wars. Who's your favorite um, interview you've had the pleasure of doing?
1: Okay, with Star Wars, um, with Star Wars, I've done some. I did a few press junkets, you know, where the actors are sat in the hotel room and journalist after journalist comes in and has like four minutes with them and they're pretty um, soulless interviews. But yeah, I've done some sort of uh, big name ones there with like Adam, it was around sequel trilogies, Adam Driver and John Boyega and uh, and a few others. But they're, again, talking about environments. uh, The press junkets are the worst. They are the worst. You got like four minutes to get in and get out again. That includes saying hello. You know, you, you apart from wow. little talking head clips, you can't really, in my opinion, you can't do a proper interview. Coming from a radio background, I want at least fifteen minutes, bare minimum, right. to actually let this breathe. You know, build a rapport uh, and have a good time, and hopefully for the audience too. Um, I've been lucky enough with my channel, my YouTube channel, which is totally independent to. I have a number of Star Wars guests on it and again, you know, I want to talk to everybody. So I've got the guy who played Jabba the Hutt's tail. um, (laughs) Mike Edmonds. That's Uh, so awesome though. But I've also got Frank Oz or Billy D. Williams, you know, um, just as important. All of them. Um, So, yeah, in terms of the Star Wars interviews, I guess the biggest names on my channel are Frank Oz, Billy D. Williams, Anthony Daniels and all fantastic. Um, But I still had just as much fun and interest meeting the guy who played Jabba Hurt's Tale, meeting um someone who played a Gonk Droid or, you know, uh an Ewok. Um there's in some ways like it's it's obviously great to get the big names, but there's a vanity element to that as well.
0: Yeah, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah.
1: And these so-called smaller names that actually play really iconic characters to us you know um have stories to tell and often those stories have been heard less and are just as interesting you know um in terms of my channel uh Ahmed Best was the interview that had the biggest reach because I did the Kind of first interview where he really spoke out about the backlash and stuff, and sure. Ahmed's become a friend, and we've done regular chats ever since. Need to do one about his return to. Star I mean, Wars seriously, boom. yeah, yeah. Need to get it. Need to get him back for an update because we've been talking about this for six years now in various interviews about will you come back? And he's always been like, no, 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 no. And slowly, slowly, he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm feeling a bit more, you know, warm towards it now. And then he had the Jedi Temple challenge, and yes, yeah, and then yes. obviously uh, the Mandalorian. So. Yeah, I'm going to say um, Ahmed's probably actually the one that's meant the most because we've become friends um, from really the cool. original interview and he's poured his heart out. He's been so honest um, in every interview we've done. Um, but yeah, there's technically bigger names there, but and they've been great, too. But It's yeah, not always about but, that. You it's know? not about that. No, I think it's like. You've got a hundred thousand subscribers. Uh, that's great. It looks great, but if you're only getting a hundred views per video, does does it really matter? But if you've got a right. thousand subscribers and they're all genuine fans of what you do mm-hmm. and the content you're making, that's far better than having, you know, ninety nine thousand that don't care. Right, and there's a bit. More too, I'll even add on and say that
0: there's a, there's another metric that can't be measured by these algorithms. And that's like the meaning that it has to you. You know, you, you can see the the passion and emotion, even in various conversations that we've had in the past 45 minutes of the topics that you genuinely care about. And for some of these bigger actors, and I, and I don't know, and I never met. Christopher Lee or the Alec Guinnesses of the world that played incredibly iconic characters, though, in the scheme of their career, were probably less significant than other roles they ever had. You know, so you get these other people like, like an Ashley Eckstein that nobody knows her besides Ahsoka, but oh my gosh, her as Ahsoka, she loves that more than life itself. You know, it's hmm. good. it's that kind of thing. So,
1: yeah, and when we um, when we did that celebration um, interview with Ashley, They were having a, um, there was b-roll of it. They were showing b-roll of the uh, Ahsoka cosplay gathering that was happening on the Mm -hmm. steps of the venue outside. And she came down there and said hello to everybody and we were going to do the interview there, but it was crazy. It was like Harry Styles had showed up, you know, Um, the love that uh, the fans there at the gathering uh, had for Ashley, but equally what she had for them and the time she had for them as well. It was crazy. It was like, yeah, uh, Harry Styles had just arrived. Everyone was going wild. In the end, we needed to do the interview inside because the people that's, the, sure. that's the effect she was having on the people. But equally, she was amazing with them as well. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of a two way, a two way thing. And yeah, you're right. You know, to a casual Star Wars fan and certainly a non Star Wars fan, they won't have a clue what Voice is actor, going on who, who this person yeah. is. Yeah, why they won't, just won't get it. Let alone won't know who she is. But yeah, you know, like. um I've been to um, when I first started doing the interviews. A lot of them were at conventions because you could turn up and sort of talk to five people in one day. And you know, you're seeing lines going out of the room for Paul Blake, who played Greedo. Uh, right. You know, like it's great.
0: And I, and I love that about Star Wars. You know, that's such, that's one of the cool, very rare things that that a that a <laughs> film or a brand can can create is this this genuine love and passion that that goes beyond just the film, like like with with Ashley and what she does with like mindful meditation, various things like that, that that, that this genuinely may help somebody get through their day. You know, it's, it's mm. wild.
1: Yeah. And I think you can kind of tell, you know, who's genuine and who's not like I've spoken to people. I've been around a few green rooms, uh, the kind of holding areas, if you like, um, at conventions, um, And I've spoke to people who've spent a lot of time in the green rooms and they say you can really tell who's there solely for the money. Everybody's there for the money, of course, to guess. They all are. But you can tell who's solely there for the money and brings a bad attitude with them, you know, has a chip on their shoulder. Um, Versus the ones who are there, who are there, of course, for the money, but actually also enjoy meeting the fans and also are proud of their contribution to whichever franchise it is. Sure, sure. But again, you'll have ones who are like, oh, I can't believe, you know, this is what my life has come to, you know, this one day of filming I did in the 1970s. And this is all I'm. But again, I'm going to bring up Paul Blake again, who played Greedo, um, even though not a big name actor in his own right, but he was a proper actor, like he did Shakespeare, you know, theater work, radio dramas, and all that kind of stuff, much like Jeremy Bullock, actually, um, R.I.P., who was uh, the original Boba Fett. And. Paul Blake couldn't have been more. He could have been the kind, and Jeremy Bullock too. They both could have been the kind of people. Were like, oh, really? I'm talking about greed. I'm talking about Boba Fett. You know, uh, I did this Shakespeare. I did this BBC radio drama. I was in these Doctor Who episodes or whatever. But no, Paul Blake, um, for to use to continue continue with him as the example, like quite proudly and with a big smile on his face, will tell you that. No, I am fully aware that when I die, it will say Paul Blake, the guy who played Greedo on my tombstone. And I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. It's great.
0: And that he thinks he shot first, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think uh, if, if memory serves, mm-hmm. I think he, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he confirmed it. The script said it. The script he yeah, had said yeah, it. And I yeah. think Peter Mayhew shared the script, the original script I, as I well, didn't so. He? Yeah. Also,
0: rest in peace, Peter Mayhew. It's sad. We're losing him. We're losing him. We well, yeah, are. And and, and, um, and,
1: and and again, that's why. Sorry to to interrupt. That's why I think it. you know you should really you know you will get guests and never just of course go for the big ones, but don't overlook yeah, anyone. Don't yeah. overlook them because also. In some cases, like I interviewed Eric Bausfeld, who has now passed away, uh, sadly as well. He was the, the original voice of Admiral Akbar. And there was like only one other, because inter- he was a radio drama actor in the States. And yeah, Star Wars was a random thing. And he didn't even know about the convention circuit uh, until later on in life. And I'm talking really later on in life until like his 80s. Um, so he really wasn't active in the star wars community until the the final years and yeah before i interviewed him if when i was looking for my research googling him one interview came out one interview came back uh where he talked about star wars and it was just a short section within a bigger interview talking about his radio right, right. career and stuff and yeah for a lot of these people their story is not out there no, and this is no. this is your chance to give them that platform that is evergreen you know i'm still getting views not big views but i'm still getting views on that interview which i recorded about six years ago you Something know and I will be getting, exist. Yeah. i'll be getting i'll be getting those views in 20 years because it's still Correct. relevant it's evergreen content this is movie history you know right, people right. will still care in, in in years to come um you know i was recording it 30 years or whatever and a lot more after he actually recorded those lines you know um so yeah these people have a story to tell and they haven't a lot of them it's increasing obviously with the amount of youtube channels and podcasts and stuff but a lot of them still haven't had that chance so you got to get them before they die
0: i know and that's um you know that's where i was going with it like i was happy to see Billy D up there one more time as it's going around the the hollow net that he, you know he may not be doing so good. Who knows? I, I don't know him personally, but um, I'm glad he got one more chance up there. You know, mm. hopefully, hopefully, yeah. I don't want I don't want him to die, of course, but you know he, he didn't look so good up there, and I'm just glad he got the bask in that aura of everybody. Go ahead, go ahead. Hey, buddy, I seriously appreciate you being on. I'll edit, we'll fix it, no worries. But I seriously cool. appreciate you,
1: David. Thank you. Yeah, um, if you give me one second, we'll do a proper wrap up. I'll just answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hello. Hi, ah, yeah, is that uh, Shukran? It is, I'm Shukran? No, don't worry. I'm um, Shukran. Can I just... Uh, I'm... No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Honestly, I'm. Um, I'm just um, finishing a podcast recording. Are you able to call back in two minutes, or hold on the line while I just uh, wrap up? Five minutes, cool. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much. Cool. Thank you, bye. I
0: am half-tempted to not even edit that out because it's so funny. Keep it in, man.
1: Keep it I in. might. That's cool. Keep, I, I don't mind. And also, the number I showed you is just a random office for a big major clothing company. So, don't matter. Life, it's, not, life it's, not it's not someone's personal number. Sounds um, good. Yeah, sorry. So, um... Assuming that you do not edit, I guess where were we? <laughs> well, we were, we were. I was just saying that you know I, I hope that I hope the Billy D around for a while, but I'm
0: glad that he got to enjoy the fans one last time on the stage.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see Billy at celebration. I saw some clips, um, but I interviewed him. I'm going to say like 2016, hmm, 17, and even then. Um, he was old, you know. He was old, but right, he was right, still right. pretty sharp. I have to say, actually, and he just got off the plane from LA, so was right, it could have been jet It could jet right. and pretty old. Yeah, actually, he was pretty sharp. Um, my interview with him, um, was all right because I know he's always he has been quite prickly in interviews in the past i even as a younger man it seems a bit hit and miss what kind of music but um yeah no i've heard those whispers as well but um yeah i hope he's i hope he's doing as good as can be
0: i know well brother i seriously appreciate you taking the time to to come on and and tell everybody a little bit about your story and what what you got to be involved in and and uh, where, where can everybody find you
1: um, they can find me, um, complaining to international clothing brands on the phone <laughs> on a regular basis. Um, I want my money back and they can also find me on, uh, YouTube. It's the geek end. So that's the name of the YouTube channel. Terrible. I know, uh, no, and it's like weekend pop star. So it's N D geek N D. Um, also, um, there's an Instagram handle, the geek yt um, also, I do have a personal Instagram, which is my name, Jamie Stangroom. Um, but yeah, you're not going to see much. It's only going to disappoint you, the occasional um, travel picture and stuff. But it's open. It's open. Uh, it's uh, So that's kind of it, really. But mostly complaining on the phone.
0: There you go. There you go. That'll be the famous clip of this, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> well, Jamie, seriously, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy and you're five hours in the future. Um, I'm getting, I'm edging closer to that future now, by the you way. You are, it's yeah. yeah. Hour, but um, seriously, I appreciate it, sincerely.
1: No, thank you, David. Thank you for having me on and keep up the good work.
0: Thank you. And as always, may the force be with you. Always.
1: And you, man. Thank for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Make sure you
0: like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening. Make sure you leave a review, it helps grow the channel. Thank our sponsors. I'm thank Vader Sabers. Use code Blackspire at checkout. Save five percent off your next custom lightsaber. And GalacticArmory.net. If you're into the market for some 3D custom printed armor, head over there. Use code Blackspire. Save ten percent at checkout. Seriously, thank you guys for tuning in. We
1: appreciate it. <laughs>